Dream Team 415's weekly podcast. This week, we are having a wonderful discussion about project-based learning and why families should be involved in their children's education. Marju will start us off with a question regarding project-based learning and our personal experiences with it. guys' experience with project-based learning in a classroom? Was it something that was practiced in your classes? If so, how did it help your learning? If not, how do you feel about not having it? Yeah, so my experiences with PBL in the classroom are limited. I didn't really have that growing up, Um, and yeah, like we had projects that were based on like our families or histories but um I have never had an experience where my parents were so involved as um as what we read in the article um so that was really interesting to read about and honestly I I feel okay about not having it like when I was reading the article I was it almost made me uncomfortable to hear about it. And maybe it's because it's an unfamiliar topic and, you know, unfamiliar is scary, but um, I'm someone who likes to keep family life and school life very separate. So having parents in the classroom, like to me feels a little bit odd. Um, And then also, I don't know, it just feels a little bit strange to me because of um like with parents coming in or you know being very involved um it almost seems like it's giving the parents extra work um you know in addition to their already busy lives and maybe it's just because of how I grew up and like the way that things were framed in my house but um yeah it I'm sure that it can benefit some people but for me um I don't know if this is something I would want for myself. So I really only just started learning about PBLs um, in my methods class for education. And it was definitely not something that I practiced in my classrooms um, throughout my K through 12 experience. Um, I do remember doing a lot of like hands-on learning in um, like my eighth grade science class. But other than that, I really don't, feel like I did anything with it in high school, definitely. I think it definitely would have benefited me though, especially in like classes in high school that were more science driven, like in my AP physics class, that would have been extremely helpful and maybe it would have helped my grade a little bit. Kidding, probably not, but I don't know. From what I've seen um, about the, the uh, practices with PBL, and how much it impacts kids. I think it definitely is something that um, would have benefited me. And it seems like it benefits a lot of other students too. Based off of question five, what kind of assumptions or uh, racialized expectations were embedded in your learning environment? And how did that shape your or your peers learning? So as for assumptions and racialized expectations in my learning environment, um, one small thing that I noticed growing up or, you know, reflecting now on 
how I grew up was that the room parents, like the parents that would always come in um, and help with like classroom events and parties and whatnot, I'm pretty sure they were almost always white. And maybe that's just a reflection of where I'm from. But I mean, there were students of color in my class, but I mean, it's a very specific type of like, I don't know if you hear if you're from like the North Shore, Chicago suburbs, like it's the North Shore mom kind of thing. Like it's a very specific type of person and they're involved, almost overbearing, you know, in those kinds of schools. Um, And yeah, it might just be a reflection of where I'm from, but I don't think it really affected how students saw things because it was just so normalized. Um, But, you know, as a student of color and not seeing uh, myself represented, represented in in these instances um i definitely think that's a little just now reflecting on it it's a little strange to think about so this is an interesting question because when you asked i immediately thought of this one experience that i had in the fourth grade that i still remember to this day looking back on it i can definitely tell what the undertones of her message were now But basically what happened was I had these two friends who were, they were both boys um, and one was black and one was Latino. And I remember she, my teacher, who was a white old woman, um, pulled me outside of the classroom and was like, Jill, like, I just, I see you going down the wrong path. Like you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, blah, blah, blah. And these kids weren't bad kids at all, like at all. So at the time, I really didn't understand why she was saying that because in my head, it was perfectly fine and they were just my friends. So it just really confused me as a fourth grader. And I think that that was definitely like a racialized expectation that my teacher had. Just because there was literally no other reason for me to not be friends with them. Like, we were in the fourth grade. Like, you know, they weren't, like, going around and killing people's cats. Like, so that was really confusing as a fourth grader and looking back on it, yeah. Yeah, so as discussed in the Integrated Schools podcast, Um, I wanted to ask, how are racialized scripts and stereotypes perpetuated in how schools and their power structures interact with families, particularly families of color? And have you seen or experienced this? Um, Just based on the podcast, I know there was an example of, like, if a white parent or a black parent walked into the office um, without an appointment, like, you know, how they would be treated differently. Um, so right off the bat, you know, that's a very, um, overt example of, um, differentiated treatment. As for myself, and if I've experienced this, um, I don't think I have, I mean, growing up Asian in a majority white area, you know, there's a whole, like, model minority myth, but, um... I don't think I had any personal experiences and maybe it was because my parents were less involved in the school and it was only like with parent-teacher conferences that they would come in but um 
I don't really have any um, memories of this happening in my own education. Well, the idea of racialized scripts is the idea that, like, or, like, highlights ways in which, like, people and different groups affect each other across time and space, or just, like, expect, like just, like, in a great area. And so I definitely think that there are those kind of stereotypes that are perpetuated in schools, and I feel like it's definitely, like, especially depending on area or, like, where you live or, like, what like race is predominant what kind of like things are like highlighted there i definitely feel like that's something that happens in schools um i don't think it's something i ever noticed particularly in mine just because my elementary school was pretty like diverse i'm pretty sure everyone like we were really good with like having a certain level of parent development a certain level of like and i feel like we were pretty quick to address any issues we had and my teacher at least like the reason i want to be a teacher is because she was pretty self like aware of like what was going on in her classrooms um so it's not really something I personally experienced especially when I was younger um but I definitely think that it is something that is like in schools still I think this is a great question Cameron racialized scripts are so harmful to building school community that is literally the last approach that you want to have if you want to bring more inclusivity into schools. A lot of people don't recognize that they do have these internal biases and that can really affect the way that somebody, somebody feels when they walk into an unsafe environment at that point. When they mentioned the relationship between a white parent walking into the front desk and how they're treated versus um, a black parent walking into the front desk and how they're treated. These are the times where people don't realize that they are committing microaggressions against another group and again potentially because of their own internal biases that is just a recipe for distrust in the school system, in the people who operate it, and the teachers who work inside of it. Obviously, this affects their students then too because there isn't that community really built. I can't speak on behalf of POC families because I have never experienced this. However, I do know that there is clearly disproportional treatment and it's exactly because of these racialized scripts and perpetuated stereotypes that are completely unrealistic and not at all the truth. And then just kind of like an overarching question for this week, like how important is it for families to be involved in their children's education? Um, do you think your family was or even is still now involved in yours? And how can this make a difference? Um, Personally, my parents were involved at the beginning to an extent, like trying to reinforce classroom skills. So I remember my mom would make extra math worksheets for me. Um, but beyond that, like involvement with the teacher, I'm pretty sure it was just parent-teacher conferences. I don't remember, you know, any of like the PBL projects that we talked about. Um, the uh, room parent kind of idea earlier. And 
my mom worked when I was at that age where we had those, so she wasn't a part of it. But then I realized, like, once she stopped working and my younger sibling started having classroom events and she got involved, that's when I was like, oh, hmm. That's when I realized that she never was able to do that for me, um, you know, which obviously wasn't her fault, but just kind of thinking about how some parents just aren't able to be that involved in the classroom and how sometimes it can almost feel like asking too much of the parents. It might be too much to ask for some families. I feel like it's important for families to be involved in their children's education for like a certain amount, if that makes sense. I feel like when you're younger, it's super important to, like, get your parents involved because it's something that kind of connects, like, children to their families or, like, just outside of the classroom. I feel like that's super important. But then I feel like after a certain point, um, it's more of, like, an independence thing. Like, school becomes more like your own. And I think my family was pretty involved in my education. If I needed help, they were sitting at the kitchen table helping me if... um. I was confused. They were helping me out. They went to some of my field trips. I feel like it makes like a good difference too because I'm getting like people who support me, people who love me, people who care about me, like just like helping me when I get stuck. And I feel like that was super important. But I think that also at the same time, if my parents were involved a whole bunch of my education right now, I don't think I would like it that much. Just because like this is something that I'm doing or I'm learning and that's kind of like personal to me. I think it is so so incredibly important for families to be involved in their children's education. However, I think that there's many ways that a parent can express involvement in their child's education that might necessarily not necessarily look the same way for another family's expression of how they attend to their child's education. I think for one we often just disregard the fact that a lot of POC families are working hard, sometimes multiple jobs, to support and provide for their family, whereas some of these other pr more privileged white families have the time to volunteer or get involved with the school. So I definitely think that there needs to be more opportunities for schools to really involve everybody in the community um, and be flexible with it too. In the video we watched in class, I just thought it was such a mind-blowing idea to have people who, parents who um, had their child going to that school um, volunteer their time in exchange to do their laundry. I thought that that was just a great idea. And it showed that the school really cared and really wanted to work with these families so that they could be involved for their kids. I don't exactly know what other solutions there are. I think that they're very unique to every school, but I do know that it's time to stop doing things so mainstream, like having parents volunteer for like the kids' Halloween party or having a bake sale or something like that. I feel like that there definitely needs to be more opportunities where the school engages with the families. In my own experience, to be honest, I was the kid whose mom volunteered for the Halloween parties. So yeah, I was that kid. But even then, like, my mom really wasn't able to 
volunteer that much of her time so that was the only time really where she could also see me in the classroom because she was also working so in those instances I just feel like there's there should be no reason why there every opportunity is able to accommodate every family or there's multiple opportunities where families are able to engage with their child's learning and alternatives I know that recently at the middle school I was observing at Um, They had parent-teacher conferences, and most of them were held over Zoom, so I feel like if if you can make it easier, then why not? While listening to the Integrated Schools podcast, um, Family Engagement and Equity, they bring up a good point of how there is this fear of white parents. We learned about critical race theory a couple of weeks ago, so how do you think the fear of white parents comes into play when trying to bring inclusivity and educational justice into this conversation? Yeah, um, this is something interesting to touch on. Um, I think that with the fear, like quote unquote, fear of white parents, um, I think that for a lot of people like how i i believe it was in the yeah in the podcast where they discussed like how social circles of parents are often very segregated so there's already like you're going into parent circles with separation um and even though like in the podcast they mentioned that white parents were discussing their privilege like it the fact that they have to discover that at all might be off-putting to some parents of color or, you know, parents of marginalized uh, backgrounds. Um, so I think that white parents realizing their privilege is necessary for bringing inclusivity and, you know, educational justice because, you know, like allyship, like these are the people in power. They have the ability to initiate change um in solidarity of course with um communities or families of color see that question got me thinking um i really like how you brought up the point of like fear of white parents um i think that that kind of comes into play when trying to bring in inclusivity inclusivity because like part of like being in a classroom is like promoting like inclusivity and like creating, like, a safe space for students of, like, every color, every, like, racial background, every identity, every language, and I feel like when you bring in, like, especially, like, in my mind immediately kind of thinks about, like, field trips, and, like, when you bring in, like, a ton of, like, parents with, like, the same background, like, that can be quite scary, because it's, like, setting almost, like, an example to students, like, oh, like, this is what, like, all of your peers' parents look like, so this is what you should look like, and this is what your parents should look like, And, like, I think that that, like, brings up, like, such a valid, valid, valid point. And so I think that, like, the fear of white parents kind of comes into play just, like, to a student's mind, like, like, looking at their peers and, like, kind of, like, taking them as, like, an example of what everyone else should look like. And then, like, it comes into example for a teacher just by making sure that, like, when teaching educationally, you're being inclusive to everyone in your classroom. Mm -hmm. 
Since we're all studying to be educators one day, what is a lesson you could come up with following the PBL approach to give your students the opportunity to strengthen and engage in their community? Um, so as for an example of like following the PBL approach um, in my own future classroom, um, I personally like um, having students explore like their family's histories because I feel like that's something that I have benefited from in the past. Um, you know, it starts off as a assignment, um, but as you gradually go through it and you're like, oh, like I'm actually learning things about my family's history. Um, and while those mostly happened in my later years of education, um, I think for early childhood, I think it would be really valuable to have, you know, students building bonds with maybe older family members that they don't, they might not know that much about. Um, so piecing together their own family history, particularly maybe talking about, like, especially for uh, students whose parents are immigrants, maybe talking about where they came from, you know, pointing things out on a map so it's very visual. Um, you know, finding ways to connect it to how they got to where they are today, just kind of understanding, like, oh, like, there's there's a world beyond yourself, you know? So something just to try to, like, expand their worldview in, in a way that relates to them and their family. Joe, that's such a good question. Um, immediately, the first thing that comes to mind is something that we're doing in my um, Kin 268 class. We were talking about nutrition, actually, today. And um, we were talking about, like, different ways to, like, talk to elementary school kids about like diet and like health and we talked about like food charts and like my plate and something that I was thinking about doing with my kids or something that I want to implement is like having them go home and like talk to their parents about like um like dieting and like what like they eat and like having a project where like they go home and they like look at like what they're eating with their parents and like for younger kids you talk about like color like incorporating lots of color into all the food that you eat and um like doing that and like talking to their parents and like cutting I want them to like sometimes like bring food to the classroom or like empty like boxes or like you know just like the nutrition facts so like working with their parents to like you know like finish a meal and like get the nutrition facts and like to bring that to the classroom and then to implement that into a classroom setting I think that's like a huge project that like incorporates parents into knowing what their kids are learning about and kind of like getting the kids like excited to like take learning home in like a fun way. And I think that kind of involves food. We had such great questions and answers today, and I enjoyed hearing everyone's experiences and interpretations of this week's class materials. Don't forget to join us next week for another discussion surrounding language and immigration. Thank you.